You're now listening to the Tax Smart REI podcast, your source for all things real estate, accounting, and tax. Here we reveal our secrets that can save you thousands in taxes, streamline your accounting process, and help grow your business. Stay tuned to hear insightful interviews with industry experts, successful real estate investors, and current clients on what strategies they use to grow their business and how they steer clear of Uncle Sam. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning into this episode of the Tax Smart REI podcast. In this episode, we're going to talk about something very interesting. We're going to talk about car washes and some related tax issues related to car washes, especially do they qualify as a real property trader business? Can you take the losses from the underlying property of a car wash as non-passive? And if so, how can you do that? It's everything we're going to discuss today. So do stay tuned after a quick word from our sponsor. Driftwood Capital is a vertically integrated real estate investment firm with a focus on hospitality assets. For more than 25 years, the principals at Driftwood Capital built deep relationships with brands, lenders, and brokers, unlocking direct access to institutional-grade investments for its network of more than 1,500 accredited investors. Driftwood finds deals, completes due diligence, creates the business plan, secures financing, and it closes the deal with its own capital. Then Driftwood offers accredited investors the opportunity to invest directly in these deals with a minimum of $50,000, enabling you to create a reverse portfolio that meets your financial goals. It's time to build your portfolio today. Visit www.driftwoodcapital.com slash CPA to learn more. Again, it's www.driftwoodcapital.com slash CPA to learn more. The link will also be in the show notes. And now without further ado, we'll jump right into today's episode. All right. And we're back. And like I said before, we're going to be talking about car washes and related tax issues. Yeah. So this topic came up because I was tagged a couple weeks ago in a Twitter thread and then I also saw a post on LinkedIn from a CPA and also a presentation, but they're they're all kind of like in the real estate ecosystem. So I uh, wanted to kind of kind of set the record straight because all this content that I became aware of was saying that if you own a car wash, the hours that you spend operating that car wash will count towards real estate professional status. And we want to clear that up because the hours don't count towards real estate professional status. And we're going to tell you why in today's podcast episode. Yeah. So we're going to go through that, why it does not count towards real estate professional status. Then we're going to talk about like how can you turn those losses non-passive because it is possible under certain structures. So we'll, we'll make sure to cover that too. So don't miss out. Stay through to the end. And before we actually like jump into all of that, maybe we can just explain the significance behind this again for our new listeners where we're getting a lot of new listeners now every episode. So the significance is if you are a landlord, but you work a full-time job or you run a business, your rental losses are passive. They're passive by default, but most likely they're going to remain passive. And if those rental losses are passive, that means you can't use the losses to offset your other income, such as your business net income or your W-2 income. So what people try to do is they try to get around the passive activity loss rules. One of the hallmark ways to do that is to qualify as a real estate professional. And to qualify as a real estate professional, you have to spend 750 hours working in real property trades or businesses and more time in those real property trades or businesses than you do anywhere else. So if I have a full-time W-2 job, I can't qualify as a real estate professional because I can't I, I can't justify to the IRS and to the tax court eventually, if I want to go that far, that I spent more time working in a real property trader business than I spent at my full-time W-2 job. Same goes for full-time business owners. 
So what happens is people that are working full-time jobs or are working a business full-time can't qualify as a real estate professional. But if you're working in a real property trader business, such as property management, development, maybe you're managing your own properties, building, flipping, wholesaling, brokering, that can all count as real estate professional status hours as I'm working in my quote-unquote day job, my business related to real estate. So that's awesome because if I am a real estate agent and I spend 1,500 hours during the year, then I can qualify as a real estate professional. And as long as I can materially participate in my rental properties, then my rental losses are now non-passive. And non-passive rental losses can offset my business income, my W-2 income, or my spouse's W-2 income. So that's why real estate professional status is so key and important. It's it's an amazing way to get around the passive activity loss rules and to use my rental losses against my regular income. And so the question here that we're posing and that we will answer for you is, is a car wash a real property trader business? That's the real question. Because when we're talking about, does a car wash count towards real estate professional status? What we're really asking is, do the hours that I spend in my car wash trader business count as real estate professional status hours? And effectively, what I'm asking is, is a car wash a real property trader business that qualifies for real estate professional status? So we're going to talk about that today and, uh, and hopefully clear the air for you. Absolutely. So let's just kind of start with, well, what is a real property trader business, right? And Brandon kind of alluded to some of them, but I'm just going to kind of read directly from the tax code just so that everybody's on the same page here. This is under section 469 C7 cap C, okay? For the purposes of this paragraph, the term real property trades or businesses means any real property development, redevelopment, construction, reconstruction, acquisition, conversion, rental, operation, management, leasing, or brokerage business, okay? So the question you have to ask yourself, can a car wash fall under one of these businesses, right? Well, it's not development, redevelopment, construction, reconstruction, acquisition, conversion, rental, or management, leasing, or brokerage, right? You're not in any of those businesses when you have a car wash. So that would leave one option available to you if you wanted to make the argument. That would be a real property operation, okay? And if we go to reg section 1.469-9, and we kind of look under the regulations at what the definition of a real property operation is, In short, I'm going to paraphrase because the definition is quite long, but long story short, it is when the principal purpose of the customer's payments are for the use of real property, right? So then we have to ask the question, well, when you drive up to a car wash, what are you paying for, right? Are you paying for the use of their real property or are you paying for the car wash, right? And in most car washes, I'm going to imagine you're simply driving through the car wash because they're going to wash your car. So you're not really paying for the the use of their real property, you're paying for the service of a car wash. So for that reason, it's not a real property trader business. Okay. The car wash is not the real property trader business. Right. The car wash itself is not a real property trader business. And the hours you spend on the car wash operation will not count towards the real estate professional status. Now, I actually want to expand on that real quick. So also under the definition of real property operation, in reg section 1469-9, it also says the principal purpose of such business operations must be the provision of the use of real property or physical space 
accorded by or within real property to one or more customers and not the provision of other significant or extraordinary personal services to customers in conjunction with the customer's incidental use of the real property or the physical space. If the real property or physical space is provided to a customer to be used to carry on the customer's trade or business, the principal purpose of the business operations must be to provide the customer with exclusive use of the real property or physical space. That's not what a car wash is. When I go visit a car wash, I don't have exclusive use of the real property. So the real estate is the incidental use of the trader business. And because of that, what's really going on is we're providing significant or extraordinary personal services to our customers, and it is not a real property operation as a result, meaning that it doesn't qualify as that type of trader business for real estate professional status because there are 11 real property trades or businesses for real estate professional status hours. Tom laid them all out. The only one that this could potentially be is real property operation. But that definition I just read to you was the definition of a real property operation. And that is the exclusion or that is basically saying it cannot qualify as a real property operation. So that means that a car wash cannot be counted towards real estate professional status hours because it's not a real property trader business. Right, right. A hundred percent. And let's talk about one scenario where it kind of can, I'm going to break this down, right? So let's say that you own the underlying property, right? Of the car wash, right? You lease it back on a triple net lease. Okay. Well, in that case, you're the owner of the real property and you're giving the car wash operation, whoever owns that, the exclusive right at that point to use that property. And therefore, in that case, you own the underlying property, then that is a real property trader business. In that case, it'd be a rental activity for you. Exactly. And that would actually probably be under the definition of real property management. So that's that trader business, right? Because I think that there's probably some people wondering, well, why couldn't running a car wash be real property management? But the term real property management means handling by a professional manager, the day-to-day operations of a trader business relating to the maintenance and occupancy of real property that affect the availability and functionality of the property used or held out to use by customers where payments received from customers are principally for the customer's use of the real property. So if I'm the landlord and I lease it to an operator who sets up a car wash and they're paying me then that's real property management. That is a real property management trader business. All right. And it probably could even be a real property operation trader business, but it's definitely management or well, the professional manager piece might, might kick me out. So it might be a real property operation, but it could be real property management. But if I'm running the car wash, then it's not real property management because the payments received from customers are principally for the customer's use of the real property. And that's not what's going on in the car wash. The payments are primarily for the use of the services that I'm providing my customers. So so a car wash is not a real property trader business because it doesn't qualify as a real property management trader business and it doesn't qualify as a real property operation trader business. So if you see anybody telling you that a car wash can help you for real estate professional status hours, they are wrong. And you should tell them they are wrong because yeah. everybody everybody reading their content thinks that they are right. Um, and, you know, these it, it, this is confusing stuff. So we don't want to fault. Don't don't tell them they're wrong. Send them a DM. Be really nice. You know, don't, don't, don't be mean. Yeah, like, don't, don't, yeah don't, don't drag <laughs> people. Uh, because this stuff's complicated. I mean, 
I mean, one of the posts that I saw was from a CPA who I've followed his posts and he knows his stuff. So this stuff's complicated. And so, you know, be nice out there in the Twitter sphere and the LinkedIn sphere. But, you know, shoot people a DM and say, hey, maybe you should listen to this podcast because I don't know. I don't know if that's correct. And maybe they've like got something else in their mind and they need to add some context. And that's great. So give them a chance. But just be careful what you read online, because a lot of the things like they're just stretches of the truth and it can get you in a lot of hot water if you one take it at face value and two don't get it gut checked by a tax professional that knows that space well absolutely so let's just kind of recap where we are briefly before we continue so we laid out why a car wash is not a real property trader business we also discussed that while a car wash is not a real property trader business if you simply own the land and you lease it to a operator who then puts a car wash or operates a car wash, you as the owner of that property, you're not involved in the car wash, you're merely leasing the land to the operator, then you would be in a real property trader business in that scenario. Now, the next question most people have is, okay, well, if it's not a real property trader business, and I can't use qualify as a real estate professional, how can I turn the losses from my car wash operation non-passive? After all, yeah, hold on. Before you go into this, th- we're doing this little segment because we see a lot of times, especially in the social media sphere, that CPAs just tell me what I can't do. And right. we just spent 20 minutes telling you what you cannot do. So now we're going to spend 10 minutes telling you what you can do with car washes. Absolutely. Absolutely. That is important. That is the proactive tax strategy and planning piece that so many people are desiring. And we're going to break it down for you right now. Okay. And I would say too, by the way, anybody that's been deflated by this conversation so far, this next piece is actually probably better for you anyway. (laughs) Yeah. Just tune in because this is going to solve all of your problems, I think. Yeah. So here's how you can, here's two ways you can basically take the losses from that property that you have, right? That large property you're buying for the car wash and turn them non-passive. The first, okay, is where you simply purchase, okay, the car wash operation and the real property, the underlying property under the same entity. If you do that, right, you do not have a rental activity. You do not have a real property trader business. You merely have you have a car wash, you have a business and property that that business owns. So you can, if you materially participate in that car wash, you can simply depreciate that property. You could use bonus depreciation, all exciting stuff, assuming you qualify to generate these losses. And they will be non-passive because there is no rental activity. It's not passive by default. It'd be very similar to you owning a restaurant, right? And you running a restaurant, you're materially participating in the restaurant, you buy a stove. That stove is a piece of equipment for that property. You're going to go ahead and depreciate that property. And that expense, that depreciation expense would offset the income from the property. Very similar situation right there in this first scenario. Now, that's the first scenario. Most of the time, that's not going to happen. And probably, now I'm not an attorney and I can't give legal advice, but most of the time, your attorney is probably going to recommend against that because of the liability having the property and the operating business under the same entity. They're going to recommend that you break it up. And there is an answer for that too, okay? This all comes down to the grouping election under section 1.469-4, which we discussed here on the podcast mainly uh, around short-term rentals, but it applies to other businesses and it could apply in this case too. So if you have two separate entities, right? One entity for the operating business, the car wash, and then you have another entity that owns the land and the ownership percentages are the same in both entities. And that needs to be key. That needs to happen. It's very clear that that's a requirement. If you have the same ownership structure, AKA 
owner A owns 50% and owner B owns 50% in the in the land and then owner A owns 50% in the operation and owner B owns 50%, you have identical interests, okay? And in that case, what you do is you use this dash four election to group the real property in with the business. And now if you materially participate in the business, you will be able to take the losses from that rental activity as non-passive because you group the two businesses together under the dash four election. Right. So the dash four election is reg section 1469-4, and it talks all about how you can group appropriate economic units together. And basically, there is a facts and circumstances test. So don't just go and do this and think that you can do it without professional help. Make sure that you get your tax professional uh, on board looking at this and, and ensure that you can do it before you you know go forward with the transaction counting on this happening. Absolutely. But you can group appropriate economic units together. There is a facts and circumstances test. There are also limitations. Tom just touched on one of the limitations. If the interests are proportional in each one of these different entities, then you are clear of one of those limitations. And so what that means is with this dash four election, you can group your car wash business with the real property. And whenever you make that grouping, the real property can be cost segged. The loss will be non-passive and you can offset your business income. This is a very common um, thing used in professional service businesses. It's it's very common. If you want to know the exact code section, you want to take a look for yourself, you want to go ahead and ask your tax professional all about this. It's 1.469 D1I cap C, and it's each owner of the trader business activity has the same proportional ownership interest in the rental activity in which the portion of the rental activity that is involved with the items of the property for use in the trader business may be grouped with the trader business. Long story short, that just says exactly what we said before. You can group the operating business together with the rental, with the associated rental activity, as long as your ownership interests are, are the same, in the same proportion, and then the losses would be non-passive on the rental activity, and you can enjoy all the benefits. And the best part about all of that, the best part, and we didn't even get to this, right? You don't need to qualify as a real estate professional to do this. You don't need to spend more than half your total working time in a real property trader business. You need to merely materially participate in the car wash. So you better get washing those cars. No, I'm kidding. Um, but uh, no, in all seriousness, you do need to materially participate in the car wash for this to go. But uh, the good news is, like I said, you don't need to be a real estate professional. And one last thing on this, if you don't make that grouping election, and I believe if you don't have a legal merger, meaning that you know it's not all in one entity, kind of like what you're describing then what you have done is you've fallen into the self-rental trap. And that occurs when I have an operating business that I materially participate in, and I also own the real estate separately, and I'm self-renting, right? So I'm, I'm paying my real estate entity some rent. The problem is any income, any net income generated from the real estate entity is non-passive. So I can't use other rental losses to offset that income. But the other problem is that any losses from my self-rental real estate are passive, meaning that I can't use the losses from my real estate to offset my operating income business or my operating business income. So it's a trap because it's the worst of all worlds. It's any income that the real estate entity generates is non-passive and any loss is passive. So the easy fix is to make this aggregation, we call it grouping, but make this aggregation election under 1469-4, and then you don't have to worry about the self-rental trap. But if you don't make that election, that is what will happen, and you will be very bummed out because your losses from the rental real estate piece of the business will not be able to be utilized. Uh, they will be suspended and carried forward. 
Yeah, no, 100%. This stuff, like Brent said before, it is complicated. So don't just rely on what you read on Twitter or any other social media platform as it relates to this. Make sure that you get with your CPA, a qualified tax professional, to go through and discuss this stuff before making such a large acquisition because you want to make sure that you get this stuff right. Remember, with that Dash 4 election, the election found under uh, section 1.469-4, the one in question here that we're talking about, this needs to be made in the first year that two activities are reported together. So you need to make this election in that first year. So you want to make sure all your ducks are in a row. And also you want to, yeah, you just want to make sure all your ducks are in a row and that you, you've thought through everything, you plan for everything, because if you don't, if you get it wrong, it could cost you a lot of money in taxes. And this stuff is not always so easy to fix. So make sure you do it right from the beginning. And uh, you'll be putting yourself in the best shape possible to succeed and save as much money as possible on taxes. All right. I've got one more nugget for all of our listeners. But before I share that with you, let's summarize this episode so far. So first, we explained why it's important to be a real estate professional, right? Your losses from your rental real estate are passive and they can passive losses cannot offset non-passive income, such as my W-2 income or my trade or business income, uh, assuming that I materially participate in that trade or business. So you want to qualify as a real estate professional because if you qualify as a real estate professional and if you materially participate in your rental activities, then the losses from my rental activities become non-passive, meaning that they can offset my W-2 income and my business income where I materially participate. The question is, is or the question was, is a car wash a real property trader business that would count for real estate professional status hours. We went through the various real property trades or businesses that it could be real property operations or real property management. And a car wash does not qualify for either one of those unless you own the building and you or and or land and you're just triple netting it or or leasing it. it doesn't have to be triple net, but you're just leasing it to the operator. You're not the operator. If you're just leasing it to the operator, then you're good. But if you are the operator, your customers are not paying for the use of the real property. They're paying for your services that you're providing them. Therefore, it's not a real property trader business. And therefore, it will not count towards real estate professional status hours. We then talked about the self-rental piece, which can help you and actually benefit you because you don't have to qualify as a real estate professional in order to utilize the losses from the real estate side of the business as long as you make that for election um, under the treasury regulation. So make sure that if you are running a car wash, make sure you get that done and make sure you get it done in the first year that you put everything into service. That's the key part of it. So the last thing that I want to touch on is ATM machines. (laughs) Same thing. Yeah, right. we're actually going to have someone come on the show and talk about ATM machines in the next few weeks. So, but... Go ahead. Sorry. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll come up. The, the only thing I'm going to say about ATM machines for now is real estate professional status is all about real property trades or businesses. Are ATM right. machines real property, Tom? No, they're not. They're, they're five-year property. They're personal property. So they cannot count. Any time spent managing my ATM machine business will absolutely not count towards real estate professional status. But I guess we'll talk about that in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We'll dive more into that. There are one last thing I will say in the defense of ATM machines. I have looked into them extensively as as a potential opportunity, and there are very favorable tax benefits associated with them. They're just not real property trades or businesses. And if you're not materially participating in the ATM machines, then the losses will be passive, especially if you're investing in a syndicate as a limited partner. So something to keep in mind, again, we'll, we'll dive all yeah. into the nitty gritty of all of this and, and the merits of investing in ATMs in another episode. 
but just know they're not real property share businesses, just like car washes. So be careful out there. Talk to a qualified tax professional before making any decisions that may have serious tax consequences. It's just that simple. So before we wrap up today, just do want to remind everybody that we did relaunch TaxSmart Insiders, our private membership group, and we're going to be doing a ton of awesome stuff coming up in Q1. We're going to have masterclasses hosted by Brandon Hall on Section 469, so you don't get this type of stuff wrong. We're also going to be having uh, Taylor Brugna, one of our partners here at the firm. He's going to be presenting a masterclass on how to basically scale your rental portfolio so that you can maximize your long-term rental portfolio so you can maximize your income and scale faster than you ever thought possible. And then lastly, we're going to be having James Sevatek come on. He is co-author of Airbnb for Dummies on how to scale and optimize your short-term rental business. So super exciting stuff. A bunch of other great stuff going to be going on in there too. Live Q&As, a private forum where you get answers to your tax questions and a lot more. If you want to join, go ahead and head over to www.taxsmartinvestors.com slash free gift. And you're going to get an awesome free gift for joining the group and just giving it a shot. So go ahead and check out the website. It'll be in the link to the show notes below. We'll see you on the inside and on the next episode of Tax Smart REI. Thanks for listening to today's show. If you enjoyed the show, please find us on iTunes and leave us a review. You can also email us at contact at therealestatecpa.com with any feedback or topic suggestions. We are always taking on new clients, and with the new tax laws in play, you really don't want to navigate this alone. Let us help you save money on taxes with your accounting and CFO needs. To become a client, navigate to our client page at therealestatecpa.com and fill out a web form with as much detail about your situation as possible. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great rest of your week.